Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners once again. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. And it's so good for us to be able to come together each day, open up God's Word and study a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, get a little bit stronger into the Scriptures, and thereby learn more of what God wants us to do and how He wants us to live before Him as His faithful followers. You know, what a blessing we have. I talk about this frequently in the program. What a blessing we have in this country to be able to come together in this way, through the medium of radio, and without fear of government reprisal, just be able to open up God's Word and teach it openly and forthrightly. That's not the way it is in a lot of countries around the world. Not the way it is. We have a tremendous blessing here to be able to do this, and we ought to hold that blessing dear and never just take it for granted. We have the opportunity to openly study the Bible. We can do that through radio. We can do that through television. We can do that face-to-face in a church building as a congregation gathers to study God's Word and worship Him on a regular basis. We We have the blessing to be able to do that freely as we come together on a one-to-one basis in somebody's home, maybe around the kitchen table. Again, it's not that way everywhere. And unfortunately, I think it's kind of the old, the old saying that familiarity breeds contempt. A lot of times when we have such ready access to something, we simply come to the point where we take it for granted. And I'm afraid we may be at that point when it comes to our religious freedom, our ability to openly teach God's Word. Let's never become careless about this blessing. Let's not just take it for granted. Let's cherish it and make the proper applications to our personal lives. We need to get into God's Word. That's what this program is about, studying God's Word so that we can understand how God wants us to come to Him through Jesus Christ, repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in Him openly as God's Son and our Lord and Savior. Now that would be a problem in some countries, but we have that freedom right now, right here. And so we need to come to God that way, surrendering to our Lord and Savior in baptism for the remission of our sins, being born again spiritually, reborn spiritually, made into a new creation spiritually, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. God offers us a do-over, a new start, a second chance, and oh, how we need to take care of, take advantage of that. And let me tell you, most of the people around the world they need to take advantage of that opportunity. And unfortunately, they have not done so to this point. We need to be teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ far and near to everyone we can and in every effective way by which we can. We're trying to do a great deal of that through this program and through the other ministries of the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to our podcast button, click on that, and in about 
one minute you can sign up for our podcasting. Now, it is free. It always will be free. I'll say that again. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after your money. We want to help you get to heaven. So sign up for our podcasting, and then you will automatically receive all of these radio programs to your device, whatever one you choose, your smartphone, your computer, your laptop, your pad, your tablet, whatever smart device you choose. These programs will automatically go to that device. So you don't have to be as concerned about Oh, I've got to work. I can't, I can't listen to the program when it's on, even though we're on several times a day. But it'll automatically come to your device. So then you can pull it up on your podcasting and listen to it whenever you have the opportunity. But you'll get so much more than just these radio programs. You receive all of our sermons as well, all of our Bible classes, and a great daily Bible study that we call Today's Bible Class. It's about a 12-minute Bible study each day. And so you'll receive all of that on an automatic basis, on an ongoing basis as well. And again, it's all free. So churchofchrist.com. Tell your friends and your family members and your neighbors and your work associates about this opportunity as well. We're going to get back into our study on abundant Christianity. We began this study last time and we really focused on what Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 10. He said, I have come that they may have life and that they may, and that they may have it more abundantly. Now that flies in the face to the way a lot of people look at the Bible and Christianity. They see the Bible and they see Christianity as a whole long string of thou shalt nots. Well, God gives us his word to guide us in the best life that a human being can live on this, on this earth with the greatest prospect, and that is eternal life with him in heaven. So are there some things we need to understand as being thou shalt nots? Absolutely. But we understand that principle in life in general. When we're parents, we teach our children a whole long list of, <laughs> you, you don't do this, don't do that. The negatives are as important as the positives in life. But the Bible also tells us a whole lot of, this is what God wants you to do. This is what you need to do. What Jesus says here, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. It talks about Christianity, being a follower of Jesus Christ on a faithful basis as being an abundant life. And I would add the adverb incredibly abundant. Now the ultimate understanding of that would be, yeah, because it leads to eternal life in heaven with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But I believe it also gives us the most abundant life that a human being can enjoy in this world. Now we talked about how a lot of people would, would view what an abundant life is in this world. And so a lot of people would say, well, that has to do with money. Oh yeah, I've got to have a lot of money to really have an abundant life because things cost money in this world. 
Well, is that really the abundant life that you're looking forward to? That is going to be your be all and end all? If you just had a whole lot of money, is that going to give you the abundant life? You're going to die one day. You're going to leave all that money behind. Is that the end? And of course, even when it comes to having a whole lot of money, the financial status of a nation and a culture can change almost overnight. And all of a sudden, what you thought you had an abundance of can either be greatly diminished or maybe virtually gone altogether. So that's not the abundant life that you need to be focused on. Some people would say, well, it's, it's good health. Yeah, yeah, good health. That's the abundant life. Being healthy, being active, being strong physically. Well, again, you're going to die one day unless the Lord comes again first. Everybody is. Death is as much a reality in this world as is life being born. Everyone who is born dies again until the Lord comes again. So as strong and physically fit and active as you might be able to be, as you might be able to condition yourself to become in this world, your life's still going to come to an end. Is that the abundant life that you're looking for? Is that all there is? Just however long you'll live in this world? What if you get hit by a car and killed when you're, say, in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s? Well, if that's your idea of an abundant life, it's going to be cut short, isn't it? You see, what Jesus offers us is not just an abundant life in this world, and we're starting to talk about that, abundant Christianity, but he offers us eternal life in heaven. And that is a place where there is no death, no sickness, no sorrow, no pain, no suffering. But abundant Christianity. We began looking at the principle, the idea of what he said from the perspective of what God offers us as Christians through Jesus Christ, abundant Christianity. Jesus said on the night of his betrayal, telling the apostles, but of course the message is for us as well. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So by becoming a faithful dedicated, consistently obedient follower of Jesus Christ, a Christian, a true Christian, according to the scriptures, Jesus brings us to God, to God the Creator, to God the Father. And when we can come before God with our needs, with our problems, with our desires, there's nobody in this earth who could compare. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. You think about good things in your life, truly good things in your life, 
every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, speaking of God, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Jesus, as we come to him, as we become Christians, he offers us the abundant life. And I believe it, it, it's right here in this world. And then ultimately, in its ultimate application, and with its greatest application in heaven. But right now, we enjoy that as Christians, the abundant life. We can look to God for blessings that people who have not come to God through Christ, who have not become Christians, they can't look forward to. You see, we read in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now there's the qualifier, in Christ. So we need to be in Christ. We have the opportunity to come into Christ. How do we do that? In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, and let me say also that man's greatest problem it's not drought, it's not famine, it's not global warming or climate change. It's sin and its consequences because the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. God told that first man and that first woman in the Garden of Eden in the beginning, you don't touch the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. When they disobeyed God and ate of that fruit, they died spiritually because they became sinners. And sin separates us from God, Isaiah 59 and verse 2. Where is there no condemnation? Where is there salvation? In Christ. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's where salvation is, in Christ. Uh, Christ, our Savior, that's what that means. By that, that identification of who he is and what he is, he is our Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. And in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, speaking of the name of Christ. How do we come into Christ then? If that is where we need to be, to be forgiven, to be redeemed, to be saved, to be brought to God, who is the giver of all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, how do we get into Christ? In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, Paul says, Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Now there's no way to get around the language of that particular verse baptized into Christ Jesus. In Galatians 3, in verse 27, Paul wrote, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ 
have put on Christ, baptized into Christ. So perhaps we could say the greatest of the spiritual blessings that God offers us through Christ is to be brought into Christ where salvation is found, through whom we can be saved, where there is no condemnation, in Christ. Again, what is the qualifier to all of those spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that God has waiting for us? They're to those who are in Christ, Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Now, let's look at some of these that Paul then lays out. In verse 4, he says, just as he chose us in him, that is in Christ. Again, that's where we need to be to be the recipients of all of these spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. We're counted then, as we are in Christ, we're counted as holy and without blame. We see the word sanctified and sanctification used a number of times in the New Testament scriptures. Well, what does it mean to be sanctified? We may drive into some national parks or maybe state parks. We may see the sign that says this is a bird sanctuary or this is a wildlife sanctuary. Well, that's a form of the word that we're understanding, that we're trying to come to understand. What does that mean? Well, this land, this area has been set aside or set apart. Okay, so if it's a bird sanctuary, this is an area that promotes birds and their safety and their reproduction and their multiplication. If it's an animal wildlife sanctuary, you can't go hunting in there. The wildlife is preserved. They are protected by law. They're set apart. The word sanctified means set apart. And when we're looking at it from the New Testament perspective, it is set apart unto holiness. Well, what does that say? In verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 1, one of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ that Paul lays out for us here, that we are that we should be holy and without blame before him in love interesting interesting what a blessing that is that god would count us holy and without blame why because we've come to him through christ what happens again how do we come into christ we're baptized into him romans 6 and verse 3 galatians 3 and verse 27 and again there's no way to logically and truthfully explain away what those verses say. That's how we come into Christ, through baptism. We're baptized into Christ. That's scripture. That's God's word. Now, what happens to us when we're baptized into Christ? Well, on Pentecost, when many of the Jews asked the apostles, what shall we do? They had heard the gospel message of salvation through Jesus Christ being preached to them. And they said, what shall we do? How should we respond? And Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for 
the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He told them, your sins will be forgiven when you're baptized into Christ. When Ananias was sent by our Lord to teach Saul of Tarsus, who would later, after he would become a Christian, become the Apostle Paul, Ananias came to Saul and said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Through baptism, Saul, even Saul, that great enemy and persecutor of the church, could be forgiven of his sins. Through baptism into Christ. Because as we're baptized into Christ, that's when the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. That's where, self, that's where forgiveness comes to us, by being baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins. So Paul says, in Christ, one of the greatest of all blessings is we're counted holy and without blame before God because we've been forgiven as we were baptized into Christ, as we came into Christ through baptism. Well, what does the next verse say? Verse 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. We're adopted as God's children, as God's true children. Now, I know that a whole lot of people say that everybody is a child of God. We're all the children of God. Well, I'm sorry to burst a whole lot of people's bubble on that, on that, in, in that regard, but that's not what the scriptures teach us. Are we all God's creation? Yes. Now, maybe in that loosest, and I'm talking about the loosest sense of the understanding, we might say, in that we're all God's creation, we can think of ourselves as children of God. But in the most important sense of being in his family, his spiritual family, most people are not children of God. Because you see, when we read in John chapter 1 and verse 12, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. And speaking of Jesus Christ there, remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the Savior, the only Savior. And so as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. You see, you don't become something that you already are. As we become Christians... We become the children of God. Romans chapter 8, Galatians chapter 4, God adopts us as his children. You don't adopt your own children, biological children. You adopt someone who is outside of your family, and you make them your children through adoption. But in Christ, we have been adopted as God's true children. Our time is up today, so let's stop and pray. Father, thank you for blessing us and offering us all of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places 
in Christ. Help us realize the seriousness, the wonderfulness of that offer and guide us to take advantage of it. Guide us to do what you want us to do, to become your true children in Christ and help the world to see this need as well and to humble themselves to come to you through Christ. Please be merciful with us, Father, we pray at this time. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Christ's name, amen.